Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. We're passionate about helping you restore your metabolism for confidence, energy, and fat loss without giving up the foods you love. We're your hosts, Josh and Brittany. Listen for simple, easy-to-follow tips and strategies that you can start implementing today to get long-term results. We're so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. All right. Welcome back to the pretty. Ha- <laughs> Welcome back to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. Welcome back. We have a fun one today. Um, we're calling it social media steroids and body dysmorphia. It sounds like a whole plethora here. Yeah, there's a lot to get through. <laughs> so in the past year, um, I've probably gone from like 500 followers to. Over a hundred thousand. Way to brag. It's not meant to brag because it's going <laughs> to turn dark really quick. I know. Um, and so, like, I would post before just normal pictures or videos of me working out, sometimes without a shirt, sometimes with a shirt. I sometimes have a shirt allergy, so it needs to come off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets soaked with sweat. <laughs> More like gross, it's so soaked it needs to sweat. come off. Yeah, we live in Florida. <laughs> um, but when it was 500 followers, mostly people I know or people I've met in the past, a lot of the comments were, hey, Josh, looking good. Or, hey, Josh, uh, I see all the work's been paying off. Now it's... You're on steroids. Um, Look at the vanity of this person. And there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's some, a lot of great things about social media. So social media has helped us grow our business. There's a lot, there's a dark side though. Mm -hmm. There sure is. And so that's one aspect of this. And as I think about, and I try not to read too many of the comments and I know you're not supposed to read the comments, but there are there are comments that deserve to be replied to, that people are searching for assistance. They're searching for help. And as a coach, it's you have to kind of weed through some of the, the insecurities, maybe some other people um, to focus on the really the, the core issue of, of what's going on and what your core message is. Um, so as you think about social media, how has that really influenced how you present yourself, how you even think about your body? Because I know when I, um, I, in some ways, yes, I'm flattered that people think I'm on steroids. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think of myself as being that big or that strong. But when someone's like, he's on steroids, I'm like, I mean... I'm pretty strong. I mean, it's kind of like... It's a I can see why you think that. I can see why you think that. And that's like that ego really <laughs> me going through the roof. But like when I think about it, I was like, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years of working out and trying to focus on my health and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's obviously prior to social media. That was probably prior to... That was like VHS times when I started. Um, so yeah, but it does influence... Like how I see myself, my self-worth, um, how I want to present myself online, how I present myself to you as a husband and in, in, in the world, I in, in some ways 
have changed what my expectations are around what is a healthy body. And I've seen some, some even some videos around what we thought was healthy 10 to 15 years ago was somebody who was like the Brad Pitt fight club scene <laughs> where he's very thin, but he's not overly muscular. Mm-hmm. He's just thin. Cut, yeah. yeah. And now it's somebody who looks like, Arnold Schwarzenegger or a Marvel superhero on a daily basis, which is 100% unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So how has social media really altered that view of how you see yourself and how do you balance that? I feel like it just brings in so much more comparison aspects into our life because at one point you the only people you have to quote compare yourself to are the people you surround yourself with. But now that we have social media, we see all these people, beautiful people who um, look fabulous, but they can also afford all the trainers and the plastic surgery and the hair and the nails and the Botox and the filter apps and the filter (laughs) apps on top of it all. Oh my gosh. The poor kids using the filter apps and it's completely altered our perspective of how we think about ourselves as if it wasn't already hard enough with the TV and magazines that we were infiltrated with before social media. Now it's at our fingertips, literally everywhere we go. And we're accessing that constantly all the time. And I know I find myself comparing my, my appearance and my page to all the other fitness influencers out there and what they look like. And I feel a lot of anxiety at times just filming content because I'm, I'm self-conscious about how I look or how I'm going to appear to others or how other people's other people will perceive me. Um, and there was even time on there on TikTok where I was getting just a slew of comments and comments. And uh, I started to feel a lot of anxiety just opening up the app and looking at the comments, trying to find the genuine ones that I needed to reply to and weeding through all the, the negative ones that are out there of just people who are insecure and they feel a need to attack others to make themselves feel better. So it's definitely taking a toll mm-hmm. on myself. And I think that has actually been probably the hardest part about this business. I keep having to take a lot of breaks on social mm-hmm. media. So you touched on like how hard it is now. What has maybe body dysmorphia, your image of who you are, that mental image of who you are, What's that journey been like when you were a teenager, then in your 20s? And how did that form? And then what does it look like maybe today? Like you already talked about how it's you're constantly comparing yourself. And us being in our 40s, our competition is a 23-year-old person <laughs> who had like doesn't have a job and all they do is work out. So we are in an aging like demographic, well, at least from a comparison standpoint. So how has that history of what does that look like in terms of how you view yourself? Has there been body dysmorphia when you were a teenager um, with the background that you've had in modeling and, and things like that? So when I, when I first started modeling, I feel like that's when it really started to take into effect for me. I started to travel a lot and started working with a lot of professional models all over the world. And I just, 
um, started experiencing a lot of rejection based on, oh, she's not thin enough. She's too thin. She's, she's too this. She's too that. Her hair's too long. Her hair's too short. It's the wrong color. Um, and I started to develop body dysmorphia, but in my, I didn't realize what it was I was experiencing because in my goal, in my mind, I wanted to be healthy. And that's how it started. I just wanted to be healthy. I am fascinated with all things health and wellness. Um, I find a lot of enjoyment out of that. But when I was thrown into this industry, it took it to a whole new level for me because I became very, very thin and I started to be rewarded for being thin and for um, for having that look. And I started booking some really good jobs for it. And that kind of fueled that I was doing something right. Um, when the reality was I had a lot of anxiety when my friends would go out for ice cream and oftentimes like I wouldn't even go with them because I didn't know that I could resist it or um, it just I, I lost a lot of social enjoyment out of it and I pushed a lot of discipline on myself and became a, in a very unhealthy place because I was living a life that I thought was healthy mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't. But then as time went on, I started to see, okay, wait, these other girls who they look fabulous and they're really skinny, they're not healthy either. <laughs> and then I think around the time I met you, which was, I guess, what, seven, eight years ago? Yeah, it's glorious. <laughs> glorious. <laughs> um, we started to eat more. It kind of happened on accident. We just, I started to enjoy life a little bit more and just eating more food here and there. And I started realizing, oh my gosh, like... I'm not gaining any weight because I had lived with this fear. If I ate pizza, I'm going to get fat. Like, I can't do that. Um, So I would start eating more and more. And then I started, like, looking into this because I'm interested in it. And I started learning, wow, like, (laughs) that's not how you stay thin, starving yourself and, like, working out to death and being a vegetarian. um, That's not how you stay skinny. So I eventually – I – I had to reframe my brain and it took a lot of time, but then I went to the complete opposite direction to eating as much as I possibly could and feeling better about myself and restoring my hormones. Um, and we went through a lot, I think, to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we grew up in, and I'm very curious your your perspective on this. We grew up in the Victoria's Secret Angels era. That was, to me, being a guy, that was the epitome of what a girl should look like. Um, What was your perspective on that, being that that was probably your teenage years, um, probably early 20s? That was that, what was the pinnacle of ideal image of what a female frame should look like? That was definitely the ideal image. That was what we all strived to look like. And if we didn't look like that even as a teenager, then something was probably wrong with us, wrong with us. We weren't worthy or um, we weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that a lot of, a lot of us, myself included, like before I became really lean felt like, well, maybe if I, if I get to that point, I won't be accepted by my friends or because I'll stand out too much. They won't like me as much. Um, and then I know that I've worked with some clients that felt like when they were, they want almost felt like they needed to hang on to the fat that they had because they were an inspiration to other women and they would let them down if they lost it or that they won't feel good. Um, they just, they won't, 
be true to themselves by losing weight. So there's some comfort in that. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different things that I think like seeing that those Victoria's Secret models and the magazines and the runway shows. Yeah. So much of our body becomes our identity. And I know for me, um, we, like when I look at the house that we grew up in, we had the men's fitness magazines. We had a shape magazines, men's health magazines, and we, we had like the Victoria's Secret magazine. So seeing that as a teenager on a weekly basis or monthly basis, whatever it was, like back then, the only people who would be on the cover of men's health or men's fitness was the people who look like the superheroes today, like very strong, muscular, 7% body fat, 8% body fat. And to probably both of us, we didn't know like Photoshopping or that type <laughs> of thing existed. We just thought people walked around like that. And this is what this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know that's they, what healthy looks like. That's what healthy looks like. We didn't know that they dieted for or starved themselves for weeks on end. And that was at their lowest point mm-hmm. in terms of like energy levels and all that kind of stuff. We didn't know that. We thought that was the norm. So it created this like identity that the peak physical frame was like the Marvel superhero for a man. The woman was the Victoria's Secret model. And so much of like a man's identity is you can achieve status through having a like a great job and like making a lot of money. And then you want to also have this beautiful wife She's supposed to look like this and you're supposed to be healthy and you're supposed to look like this. So like I'm going to college, I'm taking, I'm going into a business school so I can make a lot of money. I'm working out incessantly to build my frame in order to get this girl who's supposed to look like this. And it frames everything in a very, this is the goal. This is how you get there. This is your identity. Instead of being like, well, it also is helpful to have a personality. <laughs> it's also helpful to be caring <laughs> to be and good person. to be a good person and be caring and kind. And I remember a lot of my um, internal shame, internal body dysmorphia, because I have this condition where like my ribs stick out a little bit. And my brother used to just make fun of me incessantly. And I remember people at school used to make fun of me. And I was super embarrassed by it. And there's obviously nothing I can do. It's just the way my bones are shaped. And the only way in my mind to overcome this was if I build up enough muscle, no one's going to know. And so I would just spend hours in the gym only working on bench, not squats, because my legs were fine. Um, So I built up a bigger chest to really hide the fact that my ribs were a little bit misshapen in terms of what's normal. Later on in life, I learned it's a very common thing. Um, And I mean, I feel fine with my frame now. But there was so much shame in that. And then having all of my surroundings, like on TV, I'm seeing Terminator, I'm seeing Rambo, where they're just huge muscular bodies. That is the pinnacle of where we're, what we're supposed to look like. Men's Health magazines being um, constantly at our door and around the house. These are the images of what you're supposed to look like. And I'm six foot tall, 140, 150 pounds. <laughs> like I'm 
like I am so skinny, you can see through me almost. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it really causes a person to be like, my worth, I'm not valuable enough. I'm not a high value man. I don't deserve a high value woman. And I need to lower my expectations around what I can achieve and the type of person and the happiness that I can and I can get. Because in the end, the people who are the happiest have achieved those things. So it's in some ways it sets that bar lower. My I I discounted my overall worth because I didn't look like that. And now we fast forward to where we're at today with social media and all those things I I rail on because they were one magazine sitting on the the nightstand or a, a movie or here there. Mm-hmm. Now it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse because everybody has the Photoshop tools. Everybody has the filter tools. And I'm just sitting here trying to like make my content content look somewhat comparable, not even knowing how to use a filter, not knowing how to like those type of things. And some of that shame kind of comes right back in that I don't look like some of these other people. But in some ways, I think in our content, we have to, and we try to do this as much as we can, um, shine through that that look isn't the peak of success. Being happy is the peak of success. Mm -hmm. And enjoying the journey is the peak of success. And that's why we we constantly talk about how how are you feeling? Is your metabolism, do you feel energized? And are you fueling yourself properly to be able to run, jump, play with your kids, um, love on your partner, like all the things that will truly bring you happiness? And I say that because when I look back at the core reason why the body dysmorphia occurred. It's because I wanted connection. I wanted a partner. I wanted to be perceived as a high value man. So from my friends, I wanted a good friendship. And I thought I needed to be that person to have a good friendship. I wanted a good romantic partner. So I thought I needed to do these things to be a good romantic partner to my future wife. In the end, I just craved connection. I thought the route was through looking a certain way, acting a certain way, having a certain job. And what it actually is, is just having better connections with people, working on your internal self. And through that internal journey, you then will become healthier because you'll notice like, oh, I'm, I actually feel better. I have more energy to run, jump, play with my kids. I, I be able to be a better husband to my wife when I eat a little bit healthier, mm-hmm. when I'm strength training and not overdoing it in the gym, when I can get in enough exercises to feel healthy, when I'm at a lower body fat percentage, I feel like I can do more. And that's really where that pretty healthy family um, perspective comes in is like, we want to be able to balance the pizza, which you talked about earlier has led to you being a happier person, like inviting that into your life. And it's because like the connection was there. Like you felt the love that we created and it didn't need to look 
very stringent because the love came first and then the health came second. Um, so in the end, when you're seeing so many images on social media about you're supposed to look this way, this is how you're supposed to do it. Love first, like look internally. What do I need? What, what, what is the feeling that I'm missing? And this is when we talk about like stress eating, I'm not as worried about the calories you're eating with the stress. I'm worried about the why you feel stressed and the the constant discussion of why you feel a certain way will lead you to the things that you need in your life to make you feel happiest. Um, So if I'm feeling like I need to work out more or my shoulders aren't big enough or I'm not ripped enough, what I'm actually saying is, I don't feel connected with my wife because I don't feel like our relationship is at a good point because I don't feel wanted. And that having that conversation, because I'm sure if I ask, you, like, hey, I feel like I'm not fit enough for you. I'm assuming and you can validate this if you want, like you would say like, oh, you, you, you look great and you look sexy and this is like everything that I could ever imagine you're. The bee's knees. Safe assumption. Safe assumption. Good. <laughs> um, but it's it's that I'm lacking. I'm not feeling wanted. But that's the conversation to have, not to spend hours and hours in the gym. And understanding that relationship between how my emotions create these thoughts, these stories, are those stories true? And what is the best action to solve for that emotion? Many times it's a conversation and many times it's valuing the core tenets of health, which is eat moderately healthy foods, have some balance in what you're eating, do some exercise so that you can be your best self because with your best self loves the strongest. Very true. Yeah. Anything else before we close out? I think that was a good conclusion. All righty. Stay pretty healthy. Stay pretty healthy. If you know you're ready to lose weight and build muscle while simultaneously improving your relationship with food, but would love some additional support, we're here to help you. We know that dieting too strictly for too long can slow your metabolism and we can help you restore it with our proven PHF method. We've helped hundreds of others reach their physique and health goals without having to give up the foods they love or constantly being on a diet. And we'd love to help you too. Fill out the obligation-free application in the show notes or at prettyhealthycoaching.com.